Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about the essence of faith. I don't understand many things, but I know God's telling me I have to obey. You ever see a mother duck? Just hours after that, she goes to the water and all the little duckies, quack, 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 they just fall around. What to follow? So often we want to understand. I'm not supposed to follow because I understand. Very simple. He knows the end from the beginning. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Some call faith blind, but even a blind person learns to walk with caution. Today, Pastor Xavier leads us in his study of the book of Deuteronomy for today's important message titled, Spiritual Deception. The repeated warning of spiritual deception is impossible to miss in the book of Deuteronomy. It is one of the major themes from chapter to chapter. Now, in view of all this, we want to look at the proclamation of Moses here against spiritual deception. And you find that in chapter 13, the first 16 verses, the ways of spiritual deception. The method of deception is described in verse 1 by supernatural phenomena. He gives a sign which points to the power of the supernatural. And he gives a wonder which describes the response of the observer to the sign in awe of it. So the sign is, this is going to happen. And then when it happens, the eye is, ooh, it's the response, the sign and the wonder. You see, you wonder, man, this is supernatural. Notice this guy is not of God. He points something and it happens. Is that valid enough to say he's from God? No. That's only half the check. What's the other half? Does it go along with the word of God? If it doesn't go along with the word of God, even if it comes to pass, get away from him. Get away from him. Whatever he says, whatever he does, it must be confirmed and affirmed by the word of God. That it comes to pass means absolutely nothing. You know, Nicodemus told Jesus, we know you're a man from God, for no man can do these miracles except God be with him. Is that true? No. And Nicodemus was the rabbi of rabbis. The word authenticates what is said, what is done, what has taken place. You must verify by the word of God. What is the means? See, the means does not justify the end. We've believed that like the world. The means must be verified by the scriptures to justify the end. If not, it is not valid. But notice thirdly, by spiritual solicitation in verse 2 still. Let us go after other gods who you have not known. Let us serve them. There's a, there's a focus. There's an intent. There's a goal to serve them. Thirdly, by spiritual polytheism. The word gods is in the plural. You see, why limit yourself to one God? Look at all the gods. Remember the heathens had many gods. They had the gods of the valleys, the gods of the mountains. As a matter of fact, as you read Kings and Chronicles, the, some of the heathens say, well, you know, they beat us this time because they had the gods of the, of, of the valleys. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll find them on our turf. <laughs> How sad you have a God that's localized. And then when you leave that area, you got to get yourself another God, right? The directive is given in verse 3 and 4. Mark it well. 
The response of the person solicited is not to listen to the words of the prophet or dreamer of dreams. And the reason is that the Lord their God was testing them to know whether they loved the Lord their God with all their heart and all their soul. The knowing is not to find out the outcome by God, but for the person to find out the intent of his heart and it be revealed. He already gave us that in chapter 8, verse 2 through 3. I led you through the wilderness to test you, to, love, to humble you, to see what was in your heart. Not for God to know. God knows my heart. For me to know my heart. I said, oh, I would never do that. Oh, be careful. Time is the test of all things. The personal responsibility is declared in verse 4. Mark it well. To walk after their Lord and God. What does it mean? It means to follow after Him. You ever see a mother duck? Just hours after that, she goes to the water, and all the little duckies, quack, 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 they just follow her on. They just buggy in there. What to follow? So often we want to understand. I'm not supposed to follow because I understand. Oftentimes your children at home, as they start growing up, you say, I want you to do this. Well, I don't know why. I don't understand why. You know, this and that. Never mind. Do it because I'm telling you. I don't understand many things, but I know God's telling me I have to obey. It's very simple. He knows the end from the beginning. Secondly, to fear Him, which is the flip side of love. The only true motive for obedience. Love and fear are the same truth of the opposite sides. Heads and tails. I loved my father, and I feared my father. And it brought obedience in my life. <laughs> it's a great balance. Thirdly, to keep his commandments and obey his voice. Notice the personal responsibility. To keep his commandments, obey his voice. And then fourthly, to serve him and hold fast to him, which means to recognize his authority over their lives and dependency. To recognize the authority and to depend upon him. To hold fast. Behold. Notice the proper actions are described in verse 5. The prophet or dreamer of dreams is to be put to death. Ooh, that's sharp. That's severe. Is that extreme? Is that too extreme? Now remember, God is saying this. Okay? Before you make a judgment, God is the one who's saying this. You kill him. Now, I don't want you to walk out of here saying that Xavier is teaching that all false prophets should be killed. This is the Old Testament prescription. That is not for the New Testament, okay? Sometimes it wouldn't be a bad idea, but it's, it's not what we're to do, okay? The Old Testament prophet was to be 100% correct. If he missed one prophecy, he could be stoned. I wish the prophets today would put themselves under that um, kind of accountability. Notice first, he attempted to turn away from Jehovah their God. He attempted to turn them away from Jehovah their God who redeemed them from the house of bondage. And secondly, he enticed them from the way in which the Lord their God commanded them to walk. That is why he says you kill him. Do you realize how severe deception is? Do you realize how God feels about spiritual deception? Heresy? He is very, very serious. The effects are proclaimed also in verse 5 there. They communicated their intolerance of evil. In their obedience to kill the false prophet, they communicated their intolerance for evil. When people come to you with heresy and wrong doctrine, what do you do, shine it on or do you get in their face? 
And when people come in here, they're going to know you're a healthy body because we don't tolerate. We don't tolerate deception and we don't tolerate gossip and slandering. And you stop the person right in their tracks. But also they communicated their speedy execution to exterminate evil from their midst. The word of God is the only basis of authenticating divine truth and revelation. The only, the only source of truth. Let me give you Jeremiah's perspective on this in, in Jeremiah chapter 23. It's a tremendous scripture. If you've never read it, I would encourage you to write it down. Jeremiah 23, 25 through 29. He says, I have heard that the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed and I have dreamed. How long will these be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart who tried to make my people forget my name by their dreams, which everyone tells his neighbor as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. Now, here's the, here's the key. The prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is shaft to wheat? Don't miss the application. Shaft is the dream. Wheat is the word. Until that dream becomes affirmed by the word, it is mere shaft. If it's confirmed by the word, then the dream becomes wheat also. But if it's not affirmed by the word, it is shaft. <sighs> Blow it away. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? In other words, the word of God convicts you. The word of God does not let you live comfortably with sin. Interesting, heresy always lets you live comfortably with sin. Always. Notice secondly here. The second case, an example is by a religious relative or close friend, verses 6 through 11. First, the persons are identified. His brother, his son or daughter, his wife or his friend. Ooh, you're talking Jerusalem. Close, close ties here. Now your emotions are tied. You're more tolerant to people you love more, right? You're more protective than them, right? God says, don't you dare protect them over me. You be faithful to me. The method of deception is prescribed again and described by spiritual solicitation in verse 6 there. The solicitation is secretly to isolate the person from our other counsel. Secretly. This is deception from the spiritual angle. I always get you off alone. The intent is to entice the person's curiosity. Curiosity. Oh, really? Tell me about it. The words are to go and to serve other gods which they had not known, neither they nor their fathers. It's very specific. And so is by spiritual polytheism. Why limit yourself to one God? He says the gods around them, the gods near them, the gods far off from them, the gods of the whole world, the end to the end. How interesting. The directive is given in verse 8. The response of the person solicited is fivefold. Fivefold. First, he is not to consent or yield to the words. He's not to consent or to yield. Secondly, he's not to listen to the words. So don't listen, don't consent or yield. Third, he's not to allow his eye to pity him. We're talking about family members, your wife. Your son, your daughter, your real close friend, and they're trying to take you away from God. He says, you do not pity him. And the references 
to the capital punishment. You don't pity him. Fourth, he's not to spare him. No plea bargain with God. He's not to conceal them also, fifthly. You don't conceal them. Because the natural thing is, if it's my wife or my son, I want to protect them, right? So often you say, well, how's your son doing? Well, he's doing okay, and he's a rat. His son is, he's not walking with God. Rather than to say, you know, pray for my son because he's not walking with God. Don't conceal your children. You don't have to give details. Say, you know what, pray for him because he's not walking with God. And that's good, we can pray. Don't conceal your children. You make sure you resist them. You make sure you set the boundaries. And once they cross that line, don't disappoint them. Give them consequences. Okay? Or God will get you. Read the story of Eli and his children. So Samuel, tell him to wipe him out because he didn't restrain his children. Hmm. How interesting. The proper actions are prescribed in verses 9 through 11. The person was to be killed once again. The person solicited was to be the first to put his hand on him to kill him. The very first one, the one solicited. And then the rest of the people would follow an execution. And the manner of execution is given there in verse 10, the first portion. It was stoning. And the reason for the execution, again, is he sought to entice a person from the Lord who brought them out of Egypt, the house of bondage. Notice the effect. It's proclaimed in verse 11. All of Israel will hear and fear. And secondly, all of Israel will not do again such wickedness. <laughs> Can you believe this? This is a call to deterrence to those who would be inclined to repeat such a crime. Capital punishment. Now, our social scientist says that capital punishment does not deter anybody. I know one person that deters right off the bat. And God says it deters all those who know of the consequences. Now, if you do not believe in capital punishment as a Christian for New Testament, I can respect your opinion. But don't tell me that it's scriptural. You, you cannot prove it to me. I can prove you scripturally that capital punishment is even for the New Testament. Romans 4, 13, 4 says that he does not bear the sword in vain. Capital punishment and many other passages. Our land is defiled because the blood is not atoned by the one who sheds the blood. And so all of us live in fear. Look at our nation. Look at our streets. That's the second group. Now the third case example is in verses 12 through 16. It is by a religious group. The persons are identified again in verses 12 through 13, the first portion. The person who hears the information about spiritual deception is to act, first of all. First portion of verse 12. Secondly, the location is one of the cities that God gave to them to dwell in. So they're in the land now. Thirdly, the deceivers are said to be sons of Belial, worthless and base fellows who have gone out from among them. Don't miss that. They went out from among them. See, they were Israelites. They weren't from the pagans. They were from the midst of the people of God. Much heresy begins from within the church. That is much dangerous than from outside, from within the church. The method of deception is described again in verse 13 by spiritual solicitation again. There's a common thread. The intent is to entice the inhabitants of the city by what? There it is again, curiosity. The words are, let us go and serve other gods, which is what? By spiritual polytheism. 
the plural gods whom you have not known. Look at the directive given in verse 14. They were to inquire and search out. They were to interview people implied by the word inquire. This is a severe matter. You accuse somebody of heresy, their life's on the line. A very severe matter. So you go and inquire of the people about the information. You don't take it lightly. Secondly, they were to gather evidence implied by the phrase search out. So witnesses and evidence. Why? Because a man's life is at stake. Notice also, they were to ask diligently. They were to remove all doubt of false accusation. They were to understand the severity of the matter at hand. You talk about God being just. God, he's so specific. He is so, I mean, what he lays out. Paul was astonished at the Galatians who soon departed from the gospel of grace to a gospel of works and declared that if another gospel of a different kind was preached to them, even by an angel or themselves, that that individual was to be anathema, the strongest word of damnation in the Greek. Galatians 1, 6 through 9. Do you understand the severity of heresy and spiritual deception and how God feels about it? Do you feel the same way? Or are you very tolerant? Well, they're brothers. Some of them aren't. And if they are, then they're accountable to get right because they're hurting the body of Jesus Christ. Now, you know I'm not talking about things we can agree disagreeably with. Some people believe in the gifts. Some people don't. Hey, find a church that believes like you and I'll see you in heaven, man. I'm not going to fight you. Some people believe in Calvinism. Some people are Armenianism. Hey, I'll see you in heaven. Notice the proper action is described in verse 14 to 16. If the information, there's a big if, if the information is true, they were to strike the inhabitants with the edge of the sword. Very, very severe. We're talking about a city, okay? We're talking about a city. We're talking about Israelites. Nothing to be taken lightly. They were to utterly destroy it, including its livestock. Severe. They were to gather all its plunder into the middle of the street and burn it as a sacred extermination dedicated to God, never to be rebuilt again. Verse 16. Much like Jericho was to be, but Achan took of the accursed thing, that which is devoted to destruction to God. This is a burnt offering to God of utter destruction because it's so heinous to Him. The ways of spiritual deception are many. These are but three ways that they come. Through the religious man, through family member or close friend, or through a religious group. It leads us to the wealth in resisting spiritual deception. Two verses, that's all, verses 17 and 18. The wealth in resisting spiritual deception. Notice in verse 17, the blessing of God on a person are stated. He says, the Lord would turn from the fierceness of his anger and show mercy. The anger of the Lord is against all ungodliness and sin, particularly idolatry, spiritual deception of any kind. The turning from his anger is possible only by the scriptural provision. The provision in the law was very clear. The provision now under grace is very clear. The mercy of the Lord 
They are abundant and new every morning. Thank God. <laughs> the mercy of the Lord is less than we deserve. It's just God's goodness, His compassion, His loving kindness to us. The word Old Testament, hesed, is loving kindness. That's all it is. His loving kindness towards us. What he gives to us, that's not because we, we, he gives us less than we deserve. If he gave me what I deserve, you guys wouldn't have a pastor. The Lord would show compassion also, secondly, and multiply them. The compassion of God is to the one who is unable to help himself and casts himself upon God. The multiplication of them would be according to the promise to the fathers. Evidence of God's faithfulness and evidence of their obedience. Notice twofold. Evidence of God's faithfulness, but it's evidence of their obedience. God would not multiply them if they did not obey. But notice thirdly, the Lord would be found to be true to his word as he promised to the fathers. His personal promises are always conditional on man's responses. Let me repeat that and mark it well. His personal promises are always conditional on man's response. Personal promises. The second coming of Christ, the first coming of Christ, whether you believe it or not, the first took place, the second will take place. But personal promises are always conditional on your response to obedience. Always remember that. His promises never fail. He is faithful, even though we are not faithful. And notice then in verse 18, the reason for the blessings are given. First, they listened to the voice of the Lord their God. They heard what he communicated. They understood what he communicated. They obeyed what he communicated. Very simple. Secondly, they kept the commandments given. What's involved here? First, stability was to be their pattern. Commitment was to be their focus, secondly. Thirdly, consistency was to be their reputation. And fourthly, perseverance was to mark their love. You see, they kept the commandments. When you say a young lady kept herself till marriage, it means that she has stability in her emotions not to be swooped away by some con artist. She was committed to purity. She was consistent in her resistance, and she persevered through the difficult testings. She kept. Thirdly, they did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. God was to be their first love, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5, the Shema of Israel. The Lord your God is one God. Love him with all your heart, mind, and soul. Secondly, God was to be the silent listener and viewer of all that they did. Malachi 3.16 says, you know, that he hears your conversation. When you go talk about God, he listens. He puts them in the book of remembrance, he says. <laughs> Everything's open and naked with him we have to do with, Hebrews 4 says. And thirdly, God was to be pleased in them. How? Obedience. No shortcuts. And so you have the wealth in resisting spiritual deception. What is it? It's priceless. The blessings of God, priceless. So we have looked at the proclamation of Moses against spiritual deception, which was marked by three things. The warning about spiritual deception, it is very, very clear. 
The ways of spiritual deception are many. He gives us three cases as example. And the wealth in resisting spiritual deception, obedience. Simple. May God give us the wisdom and to obey. Pastor Xavier Reese with the three things that earmark spiritual deception. And you can request a copy of today's serious message called Spiritual Deception. You can pick up a copy for just $4 on CD. And this also contains what Pastor Xavier talked about the last time we were together. The title to ask for once again is Spiritual Deception, or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you tell us the call letters of this station when you contact us. We'll find out the spiritual significance of the feasts of the Bible when you tune into the next edition of Simple Truths with our teacher, Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 